The Fuzzy Mike presents This Week in Sports. It's a bonus episode of This Week in Sports. After the four heart-stopping playoff games over the weekend, there are some observations to discuss immediately. And none of this scrutiny is particularly shocking, nor fresh, never-before-heard information. But here we go. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is unflappable. Not only is he the essence of even keel, no panic, just give me the ball and let's do our thing, he's tougher than a Chumbawamba song. Dude was sacked a record nine times. He was getting beaten up so badly, I was waiting to hear the late Burgess Meredith as Mickey step in. Down, down, stay down. But not only did Burrow not stay down, he led the Bengals on the road down the field for this with four seconds remaining. Harris, the snapper. Huber will hold it. 52-yarder. Sweeps the leg. McPherson. He's got it. Cincinnati wins. Off to frozen Green Bay for the Saturday night game between the 49ers and top seed Packers. The game confirmed for me what I believed all year long. Aaron Rodgers is not the league MVP. He didn't lead the league in passing yards, nor touchdowns, nor did he even lead the league in completions. Each of those categories was led by Tom Brady. Okay, Kev, but what about the fact that Rodgers played in one less game than Brady because he got COVID? Well, there's my main reason why Aaron Rodgers doesn't win MVP. His I've been immunized farce isn't valuable player material at all. That's not leading your team. That's failing your team. Now, the pack losing at home as the number one seed, that doesn't rest on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers' play. That was a special team's disaster. And that's five sacks for this defense in each of the last three games, and it's blocked! Up into the air and spinning inside the 10, picked up and a touchdown! Hafanga got the return for the touchdown after the block by Jordan Willis and the special teams. It's been a problem for Green Bay all season long. The only thing with more holes than Green Bay's special teams were the cheesehead foams on top of their fans' heads. Holy smokes, that was historically bad play. But getting back to the MVP discussion, one candidate lost to a team led by Matthew Stafford, who had a 121.2 quarterback rating, and the other lost to a team led by Jimmy Garoppolo, who had a QB rating in that game of 57.1. Point being, MVPs don't end their season to a 57.1 quarterback rating. Was this the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers in the green and yellow? Is it the last time we've seen him in the NFL? Those same questions are being asked about Tom Brady and his future in the league after this happened in Tampa. Matt Gape boots it through. And the Rams, by the hair of their skinny teeth, teeth Al, wind up winning it. Three games so far, a walk-off field goal. Yes. I'm not sure what Brady does. Comes back and plays one more year as a 45-year-old, which was a goal of his. Or if he walks away as a seven-time Super Bowl winner and guaranteed 
first ballot Hall of Fame inductee. Two things I do know after what we saw on Sunday night in Kansas City. First, the AFC with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones, and Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's going to be tons of fun to watch for years to come. And second, I may very well outlive my brother-in-law, who is 13 years younger than me. My brother-in-law resides in Kansas City, and the Chiefs are to him what air is to the rest of us. He lives and breathes for the red and gold. He's been a fan dating all the way back to the very lean years. You know, those years before Andy Reid's tenure. So he always tempers his enthusiasm for his team by resigning himself, even before the start of the game, that they'll revert back to their old ways and snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I got to watch this game with him at his house, and I don't know what part of the experience was more enjoyable, the game itself or feeling the climbs, dips, dives, and somersaults of the emotional roller coaster he was on. When Buffalo went up by three with 13 seconds left in regulation, my niece got upset. No, wait, it's more like she was completely distraught. We won't have a Super Bowl party here, will we? Tears welling up and sadness pouring from her meek voice. As dads do, even dads who actually believe that their team is going to fail them, stiffens his upper lip and comforts his five-year-old daughter, replying, Of course we'll have a Super Bowl party here. We just won't be watching the Chiefs play in it. Now come here and get on Daddy's shoulders, and we'll watch the end of the game. As someone who did not have a life-or-death interest in which team won, as a much older and therefore more experienced observer of some of the greatest late-game heroics the NFL has ever produced, i.e. the drive. It took Elway five minutes and six seconds to complete the drive of the game. I.e. the catch. Third and three. Montana. Looking, looking. Throwing in the end zone. It's a madhouse at Candlestick i.e. the Immaculate Reception. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. I felt it my responsibility to remind my dejected relative that this game was far from over. I couldn't blame him for not knowing about those previous legendary outcomes. The immaculate reception happened before my brother-in-law became mommy and daddy's equally as immaculate, but infinitely more surprising conception, or as in the case with the catch and the drive, he was at the tender age of just learning that the wheels on the bus went round and round. With my niece sitting atop the shoulders of his six-foot-one-inch frame, I calmly pointed out that Patrick Mahomes, with 13 seconds and three timeouts remaining, had plenty of time to march the Chiefs into field goal range and provide Harrison Butker a shot at sending the game into overtime. Right after I had explained what would happen, happened, Mahomes did Mahomes, and Butker amended his previous field goal and extra point miss, my bro-in-law's vocabulary suddenly expanded 
by an additional three letters, Y-E-S, which followed the preceding four letters he had perfected for the previous three hours. The decibel level was pegged due to his guttural, jet-engine-level bellow of both excitement and relief at the regulation time tie. With the flat topography of Kansas, I think his words are still traveling across Interstate 70 and are just now reaching the foothills of Colorado. My niece, still sitting atop her exuberant daddy's shoulders, tried to stave off whiplash due to my brother-in-law dancing like a congregant at a snake-handling church. When she asked if he would set her down, he was having none of it. No, you have to stay on daddy's shoulders. You're the good luck charm. Waiting for the overtime coin toss, the room became Catholic confessional silent. I wondered how many Our Fathers and Hail Marys a priest might mete out to my brother-in-law as penance for his litany of adult terms uttered throughout the game. It dawned on me, though, that my brother-in-law, while maybe not as, say, poetic as Jim Nance, nor as insightful as Tony Romo, would still be an effective broadcaster for a blind person. His ability to convey the outcome of each play using only four letters, the same four letters on every play, could very well be the stuff of broadcasting excellence. One word, one volume level, two different emotions. The Chiefs won the all-important overtime coin toss. I'm amazed the windows didn't break and the roof actually stayed on the house. Then, this happened. Looking to the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Chiefs to the championship game! The neighbors. No, not the neighbors across the street. I'm talking about the neighbors in Kansas City's sister city of Guadalajara, Mexico. Even they were startled. The walls shook and the floor quaked as my brother-in-law, his daughter perched atop her good luck position of daddy's shoulders, sprinted around the house in a deafening roar of excitement and disbelief that his team had just won the football equivalent to Rocky versus Apollo 1. Leave it to my wife to ruin the enjoyment as she noticed. Paul, Paul, the ceiling fan. Thankfully, it wasn't on. But if there was ever any doubt that our niece would forget this memorable game because of her age, well, she'll always have that scratch to remind her of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. This has been The Week in Sports.